Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. We're from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, which is your number one source for all sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online, and they are your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They have every sport you can imagine, so head on over to BetOnline.ag to join. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Still Need to Do Day to you. Still Need to Do? Yeah, this is, this is an honor of your outstanding to-do list here as people come out of Christmas into New Year's. It's time to get those last few things done. Uh, have you ever been one of the folks who gets to this week and is just like, you know what? I'm off till the end of the year. Have you ever had the opportunity to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In other lines of work, I absolutely have. You pretty much, I don't know. I think in other lines of work, I probably shut it down about a week before Christmas, probably powered it back up about the week after New Year's. But in this line of work, man, first of all, don't really want to not be in it. But also, this is the heart of football season. So we still need to are still need to here on the show is talk about this Joe Buck Scott Van Pelt exchange after Monday Night Football. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but I just saw it like this morning. Excellent comedic work between the two of them to keep the bit going. Very good. Completely. Is it a bit? Is it? Oh, a bit? it's a bit. It, it, it. I know if if what I know about Joe Buck is true, what I've seen him do in the past is a good bit. It's a good bit from both of them. Okay, so Joe, just to set the table, after Monday Night Football, you know Scott Van Bell has the late late block on ESPN. Yep. And Aikman and Buck went on. Scott Van Pelt after Monday Night Football, in which the Chargers won and clinched a playoff spot. And what Scott asked Troy a first the the first question, and then spent the rest of the interview talking to Troy instead. And then Scott went to close the segment, and Joe chimed in with some kind of comment about that's it. I get one question, and that's it. And then they had like this back and forth exchange where Scott's like, yeah, I decided I wanted to talk to to Troy tonight. And Joe's like, yeah, I had to stand here awkwardly while Joe or why Troy asked all the answers. And then Scott continues to sign it off. And Buck, Buck at the very end goes, it's your show. I thought you wanted ratings. And Scott says, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk to Troy. And that was the sign off. <laughs> I'm I'm actually stunned. I looked up Joe Buck, Scott Van Pelt. I am stunned at how many people think that this is this was legit tension between the two of them. I'm stunned. I watched the clip. I'm like, oh, they're just they're powing around. That's Scott Van Pelt's Joe Buck. I know what they're doing. They're playing a bit here. They're having a good time. That's Joe's humor. Joe's very dry like that. I would be shocked if it was actual tension between the two. Doesn't Troy go on every single 
week after Monday Night Football. Wasn't it a little bit weird that Joe Buck was there? I'm unfamiliar with the the protocol there of if they both go on or not, but I do think that there is some sort of post game where they're both involved. Hmm. I can't believe. So. Here's the thing: like, if it were true, if this were true, and this was like legit, they're pissed off at each other. Joe Buck has more opportunity than anybody in the world to be a voice in the biggest moments in sports. Like, is he really looking to get a few comments in on no. Sports Center at eleven thirty p.m. Eastern time? This guy, I, this guy calls the World Series. He calls Super Bowls. Joe, here's what I want you to do after the show today. I want you to, I'll send you the clip. I want you to listen to it, and I want you to tell me if you're if you're on my side of things on this. Well, okay. Is Kyle on a different side? Does Kyle think that this is? No, I just know we hadn't talked about it. I don't. I don't have like a firm firm stance, but um, I think Joe Joe Buck personally gets a lot of unnecessary flack. And There's a lot I of people who is... don't like Joe Buck as a commentator and in general, but I think he does an excellent job. And I think this is an example. I think people don't understand Joe Buck, and they think his dry humor with Scott Van Pelt is him being mad at Scott. I think that's what went on here. Do you have, like, a favorite broadcaster, like a, a play-by-play guy? For... For football or just in general? Yeah, football. It's a football podcast. We should. I I'm a I'm a Jason Benetti guy. I am torn between Romo. We just. Do you want a color comment? All right, you want a play by play or a color commentator? Play by play or both. It's fun. We can have fun here. It's. Draft dudes. It might big might board, be Joe big Buck. Board, our top five <laughs> impromptu. <laughs> what about um Gus Johnson? Get any love? I, I'm a fan. I know that he has some haters out there, but I like him a right. lot. Right? They think he's they think he's too much, but I think there's no such thing as too yeah. much Joe no. Buck, or too too much Gus Johnson. I think Ian Eagle's really good. No, no, no. Ian Eagle has taken a step backwards since they've paired him with Charles Davis. Step backwards. Step in the wrong direction. Kyle well, can like personally it. attest to this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think he's pretty good. I think Greg Olson's awesome as a uh, commentator. Because he gets into yeah, technique and stuff like that, ju- which I just, appreciate. Ju- just give me every second of James Lofton that I can get. Oh, oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> as bad as it gets. As bad as it gets in the world of commentating football games, I will take every opportunity. <laughs> to 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 shame this man who is a great football player, but as bad as it gets as a color commentator. When, when you as a broadcast are not allowed to show replays because he can't get into he it. Can't get he can't. How does <laughs> like we went from how did we go from Dan Fouts? Like Dan Fouts is out of the way, but James Lofton is still doing this. Do you know who's awesome though? I'll give <laughs> I'll give you a shout out to somebody who's awesome. He's not he's a radio guy. Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley does radio for the Panthers, and there was a game recently that I listened to it, like, driving, and I thought he was phenomenal. I, I hope he gets more opportunities to do it. That's like Jason Taylor does radio, and I sat, in the awesome, box, I'm sure. I, I sat in the box with Jason last year for the radio call the Patriots-Dolphins game week 18 last year, and the speed in which Jason sees it mm-hmm. and says it and is right – it's like I like watching film and I like watching games live because you you could see everything that's happening and kind of take the inventory. But like Jason saw four watches through of observations on the live play of the game that I'm like, that was right. That was right. And that was right. But I had to go back and watch it four times mm-hmm. to see everything that Jason saw once. Incredible. Almost like he's a Hall of Fame defensive player. That was very good. Almost like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. Well, if uh, if ever, anyone's going to watch football uh, this weekend, right, we have a weekly watch list to discuss here. Big week in the NFL, week 17 implications in a lot of Don't forget college football. Games. What's that? Don't forget college football this weekend as oh, well. Oh, yeah, we got uh, the, the playoffs, right? That's Saturday. We, we've got. We've got the bowl games that we care about. Right. Hey, what's up with this? Wait, can, can we do something really quick here? Grayson McCall is yeah. transferring from Coastal Carolina. He is. But he played in the bowl game against ECU yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can respect it. 
I can respect it. He don't said we have unfinished business. Yeah, don't, don't give up business. on your teammates. So finish the season and then transfer. There's one more game in left in his season, and now he's going to transfer. I respect it. Uh, Joe, I don't want to see that face. I respect the move. If I was his teammate, I'd say, get the F out of here. So what if, what, if the, what if the comment is, I love you guys, I love this university, but I play in the weirdest offense in college football, and I have aspirations of getting drafted. So I need to take an opportunity for a year to go showcase myself in a different system, but I love you guys, and I want to play one more game with you guys. So go on, Are you telling out, me to leave? Go on, get out of here, bud. Mm. I don't, Joe I don't, Marino. I, I, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take Marino, my bad, money, he no, says. No, Joe Marino, That's not bad what I'm teammate. saying. Bad That's not teammate. what I'm saying. I, you can simultaneously respect his decision to do something good for himself, but also realize that you know what, you're you're not you're not part of us anymore. I'm not saying he did anything wrong. I don't criticize a decision to transfer. He needed to, but you ain't gonna play in the bowl game with us. Why can't it be both? You can't have one foot out the door and go to war with somebody. I'd rather what Grayson McCall did than all these players that opt out and don't play in the bowl game to get ready for the draft. I mean, I understand it, but go go to war with your go to war with your teammates. I understand. So, that Chris, too. great Grayson McCall playing in the bowl game. He's your guy, huh? He's your guy for that. He's my guy. Yes. And now, that's my guy on the. And now, there you go. You done? Yeah. You happy? Yeah, I had to set that up. Okay. That's my guy. Grayson McCall. <laughs> so this this dynamic of Titans, Jaguars, and Week 18 being for the AFC South with nothing that could happen this week affecting that is just a crazy scenario to me. So you legitimately have a scenario where the Titans are playing Thursday night football against Dallas Cowboys. They may be, and they may they should they probably should rest should some sit players. E- should sit now, every significant player on you, the but, roster that's banged I, up. Did but you hear Malik the comments Willis of Derrick Henry? Reps, though, right? He needs reps. If you're going to well, have a does, chance to go yeah. beat the Jaguars, you got Malik's got to get some reps in. What was meaning. what was Henry's comments, Chris? I thought I thought I heard something where he was like, "I'm ready to be called on if needed," as if to say like he's already been told he's not playing this week. He's not needed this week. They don't need this game. It's all about next week. I, you know what I would do. I'd treat it like a preseason game. I, I'd, I'd be game planning for, for Jacksonville already. <laughs> it's an inconsequential game. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So who for, cares? The only thing that matters in this game is that somehow Malik Willis has to get himself ready to play against Jacksonville next week. And he needs every rep he can get. So that's the the piece of this. So this is where Vrabel says in the preseason, I'm going to take you out if you're not going to throw the ball because you get you need the reps and you we know, need to evaluate everybody. You know, you know, Malik, this is the week to go out and throw five picks, man. Like, <laughs> you need the reps throwing the ball. So throw the ball. Do the um, uh, Do the Broncos get the one-game bump for firing your coach and do they beat the Chiefs? You know how this goes? You get a one-game bump. You fire your coach, you get a one-game bump in football. And then after that, that's it. Can they do it? <laughs> Beat Kansas City. Uh, they are – Kansas City is favored by 13 and a half points. Right, I get that. A very large note. I feel like we should take the plus 550 on the draft dude's underline money line, underdog money line parlay just based on principle. No, because then we're doomed to lose. Okay, well – Chris, our, it sets up perfectly. You get the you get the interim head coach bump, and it's a massive payout. Division game too. You could play a little defense. Division there, game. I mean, they did play well in the first half of the first time they played. I could get there, but I don't want to get there. How about they offered the job to Avero, and he said no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> he says, I don't want no. that blood on my hands. No, thank you. But it's a lose lose for him because first of all, this is the opportunity now where coaches can interview for other jobs, right? Right. So you can't sit there being the friggin' head coach of the Broncos and pull it away. For, yeah. So I think yeah. that wow. probably played into it more than anything. Imagine what that says about Ajero. Doesn't want to coach his own guys. Can't go to war with him. I can't deal with you, Chris. Rather have Grayson McCall as my quarterback. Tell him to yeah, get, get out. out. Can't guy doesn't want to be the head coach of a football team. That's his guy. Those are his guys. Be a leader. Hopefully he is. He's going to be their defensive coordinator. (laughs) How about this one? To quote Todd Bowles, this one's for all the marbles. 
Panthers, Bucks, NFC South on the line in Tampa Bay. Bucks favored by three. Keep pounding is what I say. Keep pounding. Is that your Do you pick? think they will pound? They better pound. I mean, after they ran the ball for 320 yards against the Lions, and I think the Panthers ran the ball all over the Bucks in the first game, if I'm not mistaken. I'm here for it, man. Is that your pick for the Draft Dudes underdog money line oh, parlay? Oh, da- you're damn right it is. Put me down for the Carolina hey, Panthers. Down, you know what? You you can put me down for the um, – no, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not going to quick snap it. going to refrain. I mean, I've already got my pick ready to go. So. Chris, uh, your New York Jets have a big uh, big game against the Seattle Seahawks. They do. They're they favored do have in the big, game on the road. They are. The Mike White bump. Mm-hmm. They were one-point underdogs. Mike White gets cleared. They're now two-point favorites. There you go. So can't that's pick like them the, uh, for the draft dudes underdog money line barley. But. That's like the Teddy Bridgewater ding. The the Dolphins were favored by <laughs> two and a half, and they said, oh, oh, two is in concussion protocol, and Teddy Bridgewater's in, and now the Patriots are favored by two and a half. So wait, wait Miami Open has the favorites in this game, and they switch uh, quarterbacks? But, yeah, the, 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 the spread swung five points based off oh, of the news that. Wow. Hmm. That's big. And Miami is a is a, a win against New England and a Jets loss in Seattle. They From punched their ticket the to the postseason. Seat. Yeah. Not going to happen. What, what part's not going to happen? All of it. No, well, see, the, Kyle, that's the, where you're the, wrong. The, Give the, the me Jets. the Miami Dolphins on the draft dudes, underdog, money line parlay. Teddy Two Gloves going to lead us to victory. That's my pick for the week. No, because you are, you are pushing. If the Dolphins don't run the ball this week, they never will. Like, run the damn ball. You're capable of it. Just run the damn ball. Um, you are setting up for the Dolphins Jets to be on Sunday Night Football. That's what you want. You want the uh, Dolphins Jets on Sunday Night Football next week. That is not that is not the ultimate reason why. I need the Patriots to lose in order for the Jets victory over the Seahawks if it were to come to matter. So I need the Dolphins to do their part. And so Got I'm it. picking them in solidarity. Your so, team can win. My team can win. And then we can, ha- we can have it all out on the table in Week 18. So the absolute nightmare for you is that the Bills beat the Bengals, the Chiefs do lose to the Broncos, clinch the one seed, and then the Patriots beat the Dolphins, and then they play the Bills backups next week. Yeah, that's a, that would be that's the disaster outcome. Yeah, that's a that's disaster. the doomsday scenario for the <laughs> yep. Mike White led New York Jets. Exactly. Can, realistic, Kyle. I know Teddy Bridgewater changes changes this game in a lot of ways, but I think what the Dolphins do with their front is an absolute nightmare for Mac Jones and the Patriots on offense. Well, I feel like you know, that's a big neutralizer. At, at some point, Josh Boyer's got to stop calling blitzes when opposing quarterbacks have like a 70% lower passer rating, not against the blitz. When you uh, went out and Mac- got a first round pass rusher at the trade deadline and you still want to blitz Aaron Rodgers 25 times, he's a 120 well, pass rating against the blitz on 25 Mac times. Mac Jones, you just gotta, I think is bottom stop tier. Doing it. I, I hear what you're saying. Mac Jones is like the worst quarterback in the NFL against the blitz this year. The team that wins the turnover battle will win the game. I don't trust the Dolphins to win the turnover battle because they're like minus four on the season. So you want to know who wins that football game? It's the team that wins the turnover battle. Um, let's see what else we have. We have uh, Vikings Packers. The Packers looking to finish this sprint for the, the playoffs. They need to win their last two. And I think just a little bit of help, but they got all the help they could possibly get last week. Yeah. They had everything went their way. Yeah. So, uh, in and Green, then, in Green and, Bay. Did you hear Aaron Rodgers after the game talking about uh, bringing a couple of dome teams to Green Bay? No. In Minnesota, he did. He did. Packers are favored by three and a half points. Yeah. So we're bringing a couple of dome teams to Lambeau since it's been cold in Green Bay. They, they, it's Minnesota and Detroit. It's crazy, right? Yeah. That's going to be funny. Uh, and then you have Steelers, Ravens, Sunday Night Football, and Bills, Bengals, Monday Night Football. Bills favored by one, Bengals favored by, or uh, Ravens favored by three. Somebody could pick the Bengals in your in the money line. You actually, you no, can't Joe, because they're both minus odds in the money line. Um, and and that's not good juju. I would never do that to you, Joe. Oh, okay. All right. Joe, do you have a do you have a gut feeling for that game in Cincinnati? Um, no. It's just about executing against yeah. the Bengals, right? Because the way that they win is is it's banking on the physical talent of T Higgins and Jamar chase Kyle. So I studied the Bengals all day yesterday, right? Yeah. And you, in that one sentence that you just said summed up, 
hours of of work and research. The Bengals, yep. the Bengals throw the ball. The ball gets out of Joe Burrow's hands. The second fastest of any quarterback in the league, right? Tom Brady, 2.3. Burrow's 2.48. They don't throw it deep. They don't do play action. They don't have screens. It's literally West Coast. Joe Burrow's accurate. We don't think you can defend our three receivers. Oh, by the way, we have yep. Hurst and two running backs that can catch the football. And good luck. That That's it. Like, imagine if they actually did more to make it easy for Joe Burrow. Well, and I, I think that I'm glad that you said that because I remember getting ready for week four when the Dolphins played the Bengals and I studied the Bengals offense. And I'm like, this this is one of the least complex offenses in the NFL. But it's so hard to stop because what they do, they're so good at with the talents that they've allocated to actually do it. It's very, it's very, you know what they're going to do. Yeah. They don't pop you with a lot of surprise stuff. And they can't it's run just it. a matter of, of executing in trying to defend it and being physical enough with their guys to win at the catch point enough times to get off the field. They're they're 26th in rushing yards per game, 28th in rushing yards per carry. I mean, this is literally Joe Burrow. We, we believe you could be a surgeon against every team. Uh, if I have optimism for the Bills, I think it comes down to you this. Should. Is, but, well, of course I have some level of optimism for the Bills. You, I think you have two good offenses. The offenses are going to play fine. To me, this goes back to the defenses. And I I have a lot of respect for Luana Rumo, the Bengals defensive coordinator, but where I think they're undermanned right now is they don't have Hubbard. Trey Hendrickson's trying to play with a broken wrist. He got outsnapped last week significantly by Cam Sample, right? So that's a that's a problem for him. Then they don't have, you know, they don't have enough Chidobia Wuzia. You're starting Eli Apple and Cam Taylor Britt at corner. So you would like to think that the Bills should have a real opportunity to win on the outside with their receivers against those corners and not have to deal with those edge rushers. Meanwhile, I think Hakeem Adeniji coming in for Lael Collins at right tackle is a big deal for Cincinnati on offense, where Greg Rousseau, the Bills' best pass rusher, is going to have a lot of opportunities to win there. So those are the things that I'm pointing to in hope of a, of a Bills win. Also, the Bills have the better rushing offense. I think they're more capable of being two-dimensional on offense compared to the Bengals. So um, we'll see a tough, a great football team on the road. It's should be a game everyone that likes football would be interested in watching this week. But, yeah, I have a lot of nerves about it for sure. Draft Dudes Underdog Moneyline Parlay time? I mean, keep, Joe keep and I have already made our picks. It's up to you. Oh, mahalo, guys. Cool. Keep um, pounding, baby. Keep pounding. I just want it so bad for, like, Steve Wilkes, for Icky, who I thought was – Dave Tepper. Hooked. He's he's done a no, lot no. for the city of Damn Charlotte. And now he can bring a home <laughs> playoff game. He can bring a home Wait. playoff game to Charlotte. Wait. <laughs> oh man, you got me twisted up there. <laughs> Dave Tepper, baby. And now, that's my guy. He's just not my guy. Okay, so that's gonna be the silver lining, right? So if the Panthers stop pounding, right, then. But then we right. say, well, you know, Dave Tepper, you're 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 who you are, and I'm not. I'm you know, that's a silver lining. But I want it. I want it for my wife. Um. So yeah. Okay. So Panthers are plus one forty. Chris, you're taking Dolphins plus one twenty five. That is correct. Um, Little Birdie had insinuated to me that we should not dismiss the possibility of Tonga Valoa playing this weekend against the Patriots as well. So uh, the the review from Dr. Sills uh, from the NFL uh, said that there was nothing that would have triggered a concussion. Everybody saw the play in which he was kind of awkwardly tackled uh, by Kingsley and Ibarri and did hit his head on the ground. But the way Tuck in which chin, he got Tua. up, Tuck your man, chin. just he's got to learn how to get tackled, right? Tuck your chin. He's just got to learn is, how man. to pro- he's got to learn how to protect himself and learn how to get tackled. Yep. Uh that that goes all the way back to freshman Tua at Alabama uh, doing the pirouette in the pocket against Vanderbilt. Yeah. Right? You remember do you remember that play? 100%. I absolutely He did. got yes. lit up like a bonfire yep. on that play. Threw a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um it, it's it's a big thing for him. And it, it's you know, and, and there's a lot of discussion right now around head injuries in Tua and whether or not he should continue to play. He has the right to make the decision that's best for him, whatever that may be when it's all said and done. I'm sure him in the moment with the Dolphins facing possible elimination, 
from the playoffs over the next two weeks. If he's cleared, he's going to want to play. And We'll find out what the ultimate resolution is for that, but he did not definitively show any signs of a concussion. The only reason he's in protocol is because he complained of some concussion-like symptoms on Monday, not even Sunday after the game or during the game. Everybody knows what the stat line looked like before that play and after that play. I don't want to get into it, right? Because we're not head injury specialists. But because of the conditions in which he was placed in protocol, discussing some concussion-like symptoms, you automatically go in protocol. Like, it's it's no questions asked because they are meant to protect the player. So uh, there is a chance that he plays, in which case Chris might get the steal of the century because if Tua plays, this was Dolphins minus two and a half. Chris on the dog money underdog money line parlay might end up with a favorite if Tua plays. It's opportunistic. Wait, so, so all that was about aligning with Chris... Chris's pick? I'm saying Chris has a chance to have the steal of the century for the draft dudes underdog money line parlay at plus 125 for Miami because we've seen a five-point swing in this game based on the two news, and I've heard there's a chance to a place. So now I'm I'm suddenly wanting to put real money on the Dolphins, but what I need don't to know do is... Don't do that. Don't do I'll that. Do, I, I'm not expecting them to win another game this season, so don't do that. I, I, I know that from our conversations this week, but how good is Teddy Bridgewater? Like, can he do it? <sighs> Does he kind of stink? Like, what's his deal? Kind of stinks, for being honest. Here's here's the weird thing about what the Dolphins have done a backup quarterback the last two years. They've taken quarterbacks whose strengths and weaknesses of, as players are dire- in direct conflict with what Tua does well. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have a team that does the exact same thing. Right, but you also have <laughs> a superhero at quarterback. Josh Allen, six foot five, two forty, faster than a speeding bullet. The only time he gets hurt is when he. It gets his arm caught up when he throws and somebody pulls on his UCL, right? That's he's had two of those. Gotta people gotta stop doing that, yeah. Um well, durability is a real question for Tua. So I think that's a difference between the, the two in that regard as far as why they choose to make the backup quarterback decisions that they make. I think I had identified four games before we got started. Panthers was one plus one forty. Cleveland Browns plus 110 with Carson Wentz at quarterback for the Commanders is another one that I have soft circled. Uh, I did not circle Dolphins Patriots because I expect them to lose that game. Seattle plus 105, but I don't want to do that to Chris. And then I had Minnesota plus 160 against Green Bay. That's where I'd be thinking. At some point, the wheels are just going to like Green Bay's really not going to come back from four and eight to make the playoffs, right? Or I don't think they played particularly they? well against the Dolphins last week. They like, didn't. They did so, not. But Aaron Rodgers was kind of crappy the entire the game. The Dolphins had turnovers on four yeah. of their five final possessions and missed a field goal in the there. The Dolphins lost the game. The Packers didn't win it. Don't talk about my future quarterback like that, Joe, please. You guys are going to get – you're getting Rodgers and you're getting Brady. <laughs> what a weird <laughs> What, what a weird wild situation. times. <laughs> oh, you got Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. And, and Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones. Uh, I'm taking Vikings plus 160 on the road in Green I think Bay. we hit it. I think we get it this week. I really do. So $100. To do the Joe. The $10. If you, 10. Well, $130.40. So if you, put a, if you put one unit on, you get 13 units back. Correct. That's the way to look at it. This is the one. Feel good about it. This is the one. So we need Panthers, Dolphins, and Vikings? That's yeah. it. That's the that's the path. Chris, have you have you thought at all about your game being at four o'clock and the game that you're interested in being at one o'clock? Oh, absolutely. It's consumed a lot of my thoughts the last 24 hours. So correct me if I'm wrong. But if the Patriots win and then the Jets lose, the Jets are eliminated. Is that it's correct? Over. It, it, oh, it no. is over. Leave if the Jets lose, the Jets. period, you're eliminated. The Jets have to win out for my dreams to be a reality, yes. Okay, so you have to win two games no matter what. Correct. It, technically, the only way the Jets would be eliminated this week is if they lose. See, Nothing guys, else can absolutely eliminate them. You guys are in very different headspaces. We got Chris over here scratching and clawing, hoping you know some level of optimism. 
And Kyle's like, "F it, right?" Joe, like, you have the Dolphins legitimate- were eight. And th- the Dolphins are eight and three. I've taken I've, I've taken every sign of the Dolphins out of my office. I don't want to deal with it. They can't have my headspace. They can't hurt me anymore. Right, but don't you want it to happen? I don't care. Wow. I don't There's care. There's a lot of goodwill that you go to the playoffs. We are a playoff team. Like I that. don't care. Oh, it means something. They, they, they should be embarrassed about what the last month has looked like. They should be, but also it's they still oh, have congratulations. You're gonna back into the playoffs at eight and nine just so you could get shellacked by the Chiefs in the first round. Nothing made me happier in twenty seventeen. I, I year want one, it so bad. You're one of I, your rebuild. I you're one of so your bad. rebuild. I want to make the playoffs and get boat raced out of Kansas City more than you could even possibly imagine. I want to lose forty eight to nothing. Just get I want I just want a ticket. Just give me a seat at the table, please. Because that would that would make all of this nonsense with Zach and Mike White and Joe Flacco and benching guys and injuries. I promise it would make it, it all worth it. it I promise it, it wouldn't it. because you don't have a resolution either way. So what will make it worth it is when you have a resolution. But guess what, Kyle? Can't make can't get a resolution right now. So you know what? Let's do let's tackle what's in front of us. Let's be good. Let's be good right now. All right. Fight on, my men. I am hurt, but I am not slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight again. The words of an anonymous European writer in the 14th century. Welcome, Cleveland Browns, to the Levy Grail. You are eliminated from the postseason. This might be our easiest one yet, Kyle. I'll do the thing with resources, and they're not brimming with resources, obviously. They have $3.9 million in cap space, and they've got eight draft picks. I know they gave up a ton of draft picks to get Deshaun Watson. But they still have a two, three, two fours, two fives, a six, and a seven. So they have eight picks. And really, they're just missing a first-round pick. They've got all the other stuff. So you'd like to think that they can find some meaningful talent. So um, resources aren't brimming, but you do have resources. And I don't think you have that many holes. And so I will, I'll, I'll leave plenty of meat on the bone for you to kind of pick it up from here. But I think, I think there's a pretty straight path here for us to go with Cleveland. You want to go? You want me to go? No, go ahead. I, I did the resources. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Um, every pass catcher on the roster is under contract for next year already. So it's all about upgrading that group, right? And you want to include Kareem Hunt in there as a running back. Okay, he's not under contract, but you still have Nick Chubb. Yep. You have Njoku and Harrison Bryant under contract for next season. All of these significant players on this roster, you mentioned the salary cap space, all of these significant players, with the exception of Deion Jones, who they acquired at the trade deadline. He's who, who and, cares about Deion Jones. Right? Who, who cares? And Jadavion Clowney, who's been a one-year mercenary for like 10 years in a row now. So Watson, contract, already secured. Nick Chubb, contract, already secured. Amari Cooper, contract, already secured. David Njoku, contract, already secured. They just extended Jack Conklin. Joel Petonio, contract secured. Wyatt Teller, contract secured. Jedrick Wills, contract secured. Going to make a decision on the fifth-year option there. Miles Garrett, contract secured. Like, Owusu Kormo is still on a rookie contract. John Johnson's under contract nature. Denzel Ward, contract secured. Greg Newsom's got three years left on his deal. Like, every significant needle-mover player that you have on this roster, for the most part, is locked in on their contracts. The nucleus of this team being secure makes it very, very appealing. You know how much dead cap the Browns are responsible for right now for next year? I don't know. You know, Jadavion Clowney and Austin Hooper right now are the two, excuse me, Anthony Walker also. 3.7, 1.6, 2.3. It's like $5 million. Everybody else is like, 6,000, 3,000, 10,000, 13,000. There's, they, they're not, yes. We will. Because we talked about it. Mike McDaniel, Dolphins coach, has told reporters that Teddy Bridgewater will start this week and that Tua did suffer a concussion and should, quote, worry about his health first, end quote. Okay, there you go. Didn't mean to interrupt, but felt like it was worthy based on the conversation that we just Yeah, because your your value on the draft dude's underdog money line parlay is now at the window. Now, now it's just... It because of that. Teddy now two gloves, baby! Now it's just a gamble, just like every other one. 
The Cleveland Browns, they're not burning money either as far as you know, contracts for players who are no longer here. And um, I think that the fact that the nucleus, you know exactly what you should expect, um, puts them in a very clear space to be able to understand what kind of players they need to be pursuing to complement the core and nucleus that's in place. Yeah, it's a good nucleus. And like you went through those players and they're good. <laughs> like you're talking right. about good players that your nucleus is is wrapped up uh, through. I would say their their most meaningful expiring contract might be Ethan Pochick, their center, who's had a really good season. Um, but you wonder, you know, playing be- between Batonio and Teller, you wonder just how plug and play that spot is, right? Pochick kind of like an okay player for the Seahawks. Like, can you just find another version of that? Or, or maybe you like him and you can, you can keep him uh, under wraps for the long term. But I think they're in good shape there. And it really just comes down to Deshaun Watson finding himself. And if that happens, I mean, this is a playoff team. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. And obviously you have a lot invested there. And so I, I think with your nucleus, with the belief that your quarterback can come back and play at the levels that we've seen from him in the past, just doesn't feel like you're far off at all. It was this year when, when Watson was announced for the suspension that he had and you knew how long it was, you kind of knew this was a lost year. And now it's, it's over with. Right. So you can kind of really move forward. Watson's the 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 guy. Right. You can do all their things with him to get him ready to, to play the season. And that's going to put them in a, in a good spot to hit the ground running next year. Um, I think it's just about finding some answers uh, on that defensive line. Right. I think that's a big a point of emphasis. But I think the value for the defensive line in the draft is going to be in that day two area where you have draft picks. Um, and, and just kind of piecing some some things in around your your really good nucleus that's in place. So, I think this is this is just very much you got through it. It's over with, and now expectations will be there next year. But I think you have what's necessary to to go and compete and be a double digit win team and probably play in the postseason next year. You know what I think I would do? Hmm. I think I would sign Amari Cooper to a contract extension Dude. too. In my notes, I literally have written down Amari Cooper is awesome. Like, they stole him from Dallas. They did. They did. So, Cooper has two years remaining on his contract, two years, $40 million, and none of it is guaranteed. Now, they restructured his contract oh. this year to get his cap number down. They can get a bunch more cap space with that. Right. So, it's $20 million in base salary that you can convert to a signing bonus and put an extra year on they have that when they restructured it they put two void years on the back end of the deal so you have a two year runway now where you're already committed 7 million dollars in cap space to Amari Cooper for years in which he's not under contract why don't you go ahead give him an extension convert the base salary 20 million convert 15 of it to a signing bonus put an extra year on the back end and you could go ahead and do, you could flip that around and you could manufacture another $12 million in cap space just by giving Cooper an extension that he's already very clearly earned and deserves. Like there, and, and that's just a very rudimentary, very simple, simplified way to look at it. But just pointing out two years, $40 million, completely non-guaranteed with a couple of void years on the back end. So you've already built in a runway to have more years of cap hits for Amari Cooper. That's a very attractive contract to finesse and make a lot of room for yourself to have some wiggle room and bring somebody else in. How about the AFC North? I mean, the AFC. Yeah, it could look a lot different, right? Baltimore, you feel like. Is Lamar Jackson going to be there? Yeah, right, right. Sounds like they're they're primed to move on from Greg Roman, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if they move on from Greg Roman, you almost feel like that that opens the door for the transition from Lamar with his contract situation and wanting a fully guaranteed contract and all that stuff anyway. And oh, by the way, he's had lower body injuries each of the last two years as a player who can pass the ball, but his special skills are in his creativity and his ability as a runner. And then you have Pittsburgh, who's kind of stuck in purgatory right now. They need players to develop and, you know, they're a competitive team, but we got to find out what Kenny Pickett is. And 
let me let me ask you a question. If Deshaun Watson becomes the 2020 version of Deshaun Watson, who has a better nucleus of players, the Bengals or the Browns? Uh, the Bengals. Is it close at all? <sighs> include include both sides of the ball here. Denzel Ward's a better corner than any corner on the Bengals roster. Miles Garrett's a better defensive end than any defensive end on the yeah, Bengals but, roster. But, but, but yeah, I hear you on that, but Hubbard and Hendrickson's better than just Garrett. The interior of that Bengals defensive line is 10 trillion times better than what the Browns have. I don't disagree. I, I mean, don't disagree. I'm not okay, sure but, you, but, but you're talking about interior defensive linemen and linebackers. Is that well, not an easier... Is that not an easier... Right, but is that not an easier place to find talent than finding premier pass rushers? The Bengals don't need premier pass rushers. They have them. I'm, but so do the Browns. They have Miles Garrett. They have one. They have a guy. That's it. Right, and their guy is better than both of the guys on the Bengals. Yeah, I'm just saying if two, you... If you told me I can have Hubbard sir, and Hendrickson sir, or just Garrett, I'm taking Hubbard sir, and Hendrickson. I asked about the nucleus. And I'm, I don't think it's close. I think the Bengals have a significant... Uh, uh, no, but you're not talking about the nucleus. You don't think who, Hubbard and Hendrickson are part of the nucleus? Who are the, who are the eight best players on the, on the Bengals? Burrow, Higgins, Chase, Chase Hubbard, Hendrickson... Bates, I don't. Yeah, keep going. You got two more. Mixon. I mean, there's so many. Logan okay. Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, DJ. Yeah, okay, Reader, so like, we got we got to Logan. Let's put DJ Reader. I think DJ Reader is the, no, the best. It's, that's not what I'm asking. Oh, no, you're that's not, not what I'm asking. Take, you're taking us down somewhere that's not necessary. Even if you, it, it's not about the top eight. It's that they're twenty. There, there, there's just so much more. It's there's the, the high-end nuclei- talent and there's more depth okay. there with the so high-end players. Let me rephrase the question. The top eight players on the Bengals are the players that you just mentioned. If Deshaun Watson becomes 2020 Deshaun Watson and you have Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, I'm going to assume David Njoku is in here. We can go with either Petonio or Wyatt Teller, whichever one of those is, is the player that returns best to form of what their standard of expectation is. Miles Garrett. Owusu Koromo has been really good. And then you have Denzel Ward and either close. Greg Newsom or John Johnson. Not what, close. what group? It's not close. It's not close. It's not close at all. Going to have to ask the rest of the TDN staff There's because a I think materi- it's closer than you're giving no, it credit. No, for. no, 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 no. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the okay. So first of all, the Bengals are like significantly better at so many position groups. The only ones where it's close, obviously, the Browns have a better offense. I'm not line. saying that the Browns, I'm not saying have, the Browns a have a better roster corner situation. I'm not disagreeing well, with you that the roster matters. in entirety is better. The whole thing matters. I'm asking about the nucleus of elite players. I'll take the Bengals. Okay. And I don't know that I would disagree with you, but I've, I'm at least saying that it's somewhat close. You're saying it's not even close. Yeah, but it, you're, you're, the purpose of doing this is to paint a picture that the Bengals, that the Browns are like somewhat close to competing with Cincinnati and because of their nucleus, where I don't know that that gets you to the, that, that gets you to the conclusion that you should be looking for. We also have not talked about Cleveland's, by the way, this is Browns' Levy Grail. We're not supposed to be negative about the Browns here. <laughs> I had to be. <laughs> we also have not talked about the head-to-head history between these two teams. Joe Burrow just beat the Bengals for the first time. If you're the Browns and you're looking for optimism for 2023, Joe Burrow's beaten you once. Okay. The Browns have had a lot of head-to-head success against the Bengals. All right. So is this, our, this is our most spirited debate since when? I don't know. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Any parting thoughts on the Browns? Uh, no, I think we I think we said it all. We've exhausted You're gonna be it. Good. You're going to be good next year. They've they've got good. They're in good shape. Yeah. I this probably is not the podcast to bring this up. Um, but did you see their report? And I know it's from Tony Grossi, and so take it with a grain of salt. Wait, wait, just very quick. Not the, not the time to bring it up. It's going to bring it up anyway. Okay, go ahead. I'm just asking if you've seen the report from Grossi of 
the influence that Paul De Podesta has in in every aspect of the Browns' operations, including like game plans and stuff. Oh, game plans, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm. I wouldn't be that surprised to hear that the game plan part gets me a little bit curious. But I thought I figured he had a big role in the construction of the roster and some of that decision making. Now, the there is nobody less respected in Cleveland media than than Tony Grossi. They they just every every media market has that guy, right? Oh, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. who it is for Miami, right? They they yeah, they, they, they just can't stand it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris, you got one for the Jets, Rich Samini. So Tony Grossi is that for the Browns, but he had put this out, and it's it's like, um explosive plays is like this big point of emphasis. And like, it's almost like how in basketball where they talk about like the ROI of like the corner three versus like any other shot on the floor. So you take a higher percentage of corner threes. Like they're looking for explosive plays and kind of scorning like consistent gains, like in the run game, which they're obviously very good at is like, it's this whole like rabbit hole that he goes down. It's just really fascinating stuff to read. I would imagine there's probably not a lot of accuracy to it, but it was just like this Browns thing that that came across the timeline and I kind of got caught up on it. And I thought it was an interesting read. Uh, but I do, I will say the Browns are a team that, that I think the fact that they have a little bit more analytics based background makes them a, a fascinating team to watch and continue to grow and evolve because Dave Podesta has, has been there for a while and has had different levels of influence on the team. Yeah, I think what that sparks in my head is the merits to finding explosive plays versus just how difficult it is to continuously have to stack play after play after play after play right. to score. And I, I mean, if you can, if you can do that, then great. But also, like, I, I feel like it just it makes you more high variance. It's also hard to find explosive plays. Like both things are hard. Right. I remember uh, Steve Sarkeesian did a coach's clinic within the last two years. And he talked about explosives and, and their value in winning football games as compared to having to go 10, 12 plays to, to score touchdowns. Explosive plays makes your life a lot easier. So uh, pretty they interesting do. stuff. I think you got to be able to do both. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's well, very interesting. I think that the saying is you run the ball – to, you throw the ball to score points, but you run the ball to win games, right? So it makes sense. You need to be able to do both to some degree because you're going to yeah. be in a game situation where you have to take over the clock. You have to possess the football. You have to churn the clock and, and move the chains and be methodical. But if you want to score optimal points, explosive plays have to be a part of the variable. I think the Browns are capable of doing both. Now it's yeah. doing both responsibly with the personnel that's in place will be their their challenge for next upcoming season. But I think we both agree they're well positioned to do that. Yeah, they're in good shape. They're in good shape. All right. Browns Levy Grail. Weekly watch list in the books. Hey, well, so what are we what are we gonna do here in a couple of weeks when the weekly watch list is or like when the season's over with the watch list? Do we have a plan? Yeah. We'll, we'll pivot. We'll find something else to do. We got to do resolutions here soon for all two teams. We have another mock draft that needs to be done here pretty soon. So we got a lot that we can fill in on the Thursdays and going forward. Big boys, you know what I'm stuff. most excited for? Tomorrow, us at the Draft Network are getting the keys to the updated MDM for beta testing internally as a staff. Yeah, so um, it's time to turn up, right? So, like, I would love to, and there's some features that are included in the second generation of MDM that we have not openly discussed, 
but will make for a lot of really compelling content for, I think, us to be able to create as well. Just thinking out loud here on the air without being able to say the thing. You know what let's, we need to let's do, ra- Let's wrap up the show We need to get Chris to sing on the show at some point. Oof. I don't think right. it's happening. never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Mm. When's the last time you sung, period? Last time I, I, I don't know, in the car the other day? What song did you sing? I don't remember. I was jamming in the car. I have an hour drive that I take, so I was listening to that on the way home. Chris is over here like, thanks, but I don't sing. Oh, it's we easy. Will get- it's like talking, except louder and longer. Can we please wrap up the show, please? Chris is like, I don't want to get, have us say anything incriminating. I'm in store and I'm singing. Singing. Here I am with my dad. And we never met. <laughs> and he wants me to sing him a song. <laughs> That's going to do it. We're done here. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, the Draft Dudes. Thanks, everybody, for checking out the show. Come on back tomorrow for Takes on Takes and our last two truths and a lie of the 2022 season. Make sure you don't miss it. I will have a higher level of integrity than I've been accused of having on two truths and a lie <laughs> the last couple of weeks. But uh, we'll reset the standings when we flip the calendar. New year, new us, new standings for two truths and a lie. So this is the last one for the year. It's going to be a good time. Make sure you don't miss it. Hit subscribe. Come back. See you again tomorrow. Thanks to our friends over at Online for their continued support of the show as well. Make it a great rest of your Thursday. We'll talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.